You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This week on the show, our pop culture news. We talk about Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And fortune cookies. It is June 2023, and you're listening to Lunchbox Reaction. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Brian. I'm Evan. I'm Linnea. And you're listening to Lunchbox Reaction. Yay! (laughs) How are you two this week? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing swell. It's Pride Month, so I'm happy about oh, that. That was my pop culture. <laughs> oh, that was your pop culture. I don't have a lot this week. Oh. I feel like it's been boring lately. Well, you can talk more about it later. Okay. Or you could do it right now, even. You can just be our first pop culture reference for the day. Well, my pop culture news is that it's Pride Month. Yay. Yay. Who could have guessed? So that's exciting. So what is Pride Month about? Pride Month is where we celebrate the LGBTQ plus community and make sure they feel welcomed. And what can you do to, to do that? Be good. Be a good person. <laughs> yeah. If you're listening, be a good person. Uh, my pop culture reference for this week is that there is a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie coming out and the animation for it looks pretty similar to the animation for Into the Spider-Verse. I find that funny because that's what we're reviewing. Wait, what? There's a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie coming out. Oh, yeah, that's And the animation for it looks like Into the Spider-Verse. It looks funny from watching it so far. We saw a trailer for that, right? At the movie? I think, yeah. I think it might be funny to watch. Uh, So my news this week is that... The live-action version of How to Train Your Dragon has cast the two main roles. Oh, God. Mm. Yes. Uh, Stop reminding me this exists. So Hiccup is going to be played by an actor named Mason Thames. And who's playing Toothless? Well, I don't know. <laughs> A CGI dragon, I imagine, is playing Toothless. Wow. It's going to be the dragon from Lord of the Rings. And uh, Astrid is going to be played by an actor named Nico Parker. Cool. So, or one of the ones from Game of Thrones. They hired a lot of dragons for Game of Thrones. I think she was in The Last of Us, part of it. I haven't seen that. She was only in. She was in one episode of of it. She wasn't that main girl. She was a. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. So there you go. I guess they're going to start shooting, uh, filming the movie at the end of this month, June. No, twenty twenty three. Yeah. Oh, well, that'll be a journey. Yeah. I yeah, don't I'm, like this. No, I don't. I don't really either. <laughs> it's not going to be the same. But nope. they can try. They can I hope, try. I hope they like, I don't know if I want them to change the plot. or. I hope that they make the plot work for live action in the best way possible. Whether that's changing it or not. Oh my, imagine they just adapt the book. I feel like they should change the plot so that they're making a different movie that's not How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, they should just make a movie about just the like, books, not make, the actual. 
Yeah, just make like a different movie about something else. The book is very drastically different. <laughs> or maybe a story that we didn't see already. Yeah. Don't do the Into the Future one because that one series absolutely ruined it. Into the Future one. You mean the the Dragons of the Nine Realms or something? Is no, that, no, there's that? one like that's like modern day. Yeah, I thought that's what that was. I don't know. It's it's stupid. Oh, I know. I, I watched one episode and I said to myself, nope. No me, more. And, me and Linnea, instead of watching like the first episode, we decided to just watch the very final episode. Of what? That one dragon, How to Train oh, Your Dragon show. Yeah. We I didn't just, know any of the characters. So I had to like leave halfway through because it was just really boring. The animation was terrible. So yeah, don't watch a How to Train Your Dragon TV show. It looked like Paw Patrol, but like somehow worse. All the characters are so proportional and weird, and all the dragons look terrible. They don't even look like animated. They kind of just look like really poorly made sock puppets, kind of. <laughs> All right. Well, there we go. That's our pop culture news this week. Now let's move on to the movie Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So this week we thought we would go back and review Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, mostly because as we're recording this, tomorrow... Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse? Is that what it's called? I think. Yeah. yeah. The next one comes out. So Are we uh, going to go watch it at midnight? We're, we're going to go to try to go watch it this weekend. No, probably Saturday sometime. And then we'll probably review it for next week. I but thought we it thought, came out today. Into the well, yeah, it'll come out tonight at midnight. I Should imagine. we go see it? Yeah. <laughs> Just don't sleep. No, no. Who needs it? But uh, yeah, we thought before we reviewed the second one, we should probably review the first one. So, So here we are. Opening thoughts on this movie? Anyone have anything they want to just say right out? It's a good movie. You can tell a movie's good when it single-handedly changed the animation industry. Because that's what this movie did. How so? Just this comic book style that this movie uses, and just the art style in general. It's a comic book, but like it almost looks 3D. Yeah. It just started like affecting animation everywhere, and now it's copied. Yeah, I'd, I'd written some notes, so you're kind of jumping right into it. Since you're talking about the animation, we'll just jump in right to the art style of the movie. Yeah, the the directors had said they wanted it to feel like a live-action comic book, so they did lots of stuff They with just vibrant colors. They switched up frame rates, so sometimes the frames are really fast, other times they're slow. Some things look super realistic, like the cars or the machines, and then... And then when you see people, they're they're sort of shaded with the old with like a dot pattern or a hash pattern. The screen oftentimes breaks into panels where you have you're seeing multiple things. You know, just like you're looking at a comic book. Uh, there's little thought bubbles or you know text bubbles. I wish that like all shows and movies were all animated like this. <laughs> like if they were just like weren't any live action shows and they'd all just look like this. Don't you think that you'd get tired of that, though? No. No? <laughs> okay. I get tired of live-action shows. Oh. Because I'm like, where's your thought bubble? Ah, uh, okay. And, like, they don't, make a, they don't make good use of, like, paneling. It's always just, like, one shot and that's it. So another th- cool thing, too, about the art style in this movie is that because it's animated, you can get away with having different styles of spider people all together, and it works. So we have we have Miles, the main character, who's looks more or less 
realistic, you know, all the people in the world were in. Uh, but then we have something like uh, Peter Porker, who looks like an old... Did you just call him a something? A what? You said something. Something. I mean, he's an animal. He's an animal, yeah. He's someone. <laughs> who is, who looks... What, do you think animals are things? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, you so he looks animals. like a Looney Tune. You can't own animals. They're living creatures. But you can't own them. Like if somebody were to steal your horse, do they they just get to have it because you'd never owned it? No, because your horse is your family. It'd be like if someone kidnapped you. Like we don't own you, Evan. But like if you someone kidnaps you, we try to get you back. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know what that was. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and so we have the realistic style. We have. Looney Tunes style. We have anime style with uh, Penny Parker. We have we have uh, old black and white style with with Spider Man Noir. And even though they're totally different styles, they all work in a sense because it's an animated movie, and you you, you couldn't really get away with that with with live action. It would be weird. It would be like Space Jam. Space Jam, yeah, or Who Framed Roger Rabbit, things like that, yeah. Uh okay, so. Which one of you started off with that? Was that? That was me. That was you. Okay, so that's your opening uh, thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's? What's other people's opening thoughts? Well, Nan, do you have any opening thoughts? This was a movie that I don't think I ever saw in the theaters, and yeah, I'm kind of sad I didn't see it in the theater because like you and Evan went and you didn't bring me. Well, I don't know if it's we didn't bring you or you didn't want to yeah. go. Well, you didn't you was... didn't explain to me what the movie was. You just said, "Oh, it's a Spider-Man movie." You didn't uh, say that it was like cool and animated. And okay. Yeah. The... You just said, "Oh, it's another Spider-Man movie." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I'll just take it." Is. It is just a No, Spider-Man. it's not. It's like a whole different thing. I mean, if you cared so much, you could have seen looked at the trailer. Well, you just were describing it to me like it was like some generic movie. I was like, "Oh, I don't care." Well, I'm sorry. That yeah, can be my fault. <laughs> it is your fault. It's all your fault. All my fault, yeah. No, but yeah, Evan and I went and saw it in the theater. And yeah, that was one thing I want to talk about is just the experience of seeing a movie in a theater. Oh, great. Going to rub it in. I, well, <laughs> and COVID. Because, because this movie was was just amazing in the theater. It, it, was, it was kind of mind-blowing for me anyway. I don't know about you, Evan. I cannot remember it. Oh, you can't even remember it? I can remember like two scenes in the theater, but then nothing else. Yeah, I just remember just being blown away by what I was seeing, the visuals and the colors and the animation style. It was just so unexpected and and so forward-thinking and out there. And, and man, it, it's I'm so psyched to see the next one. <laughs> and Linnea, I'm glad you'll come and see it with us in the theater. Yeah, <laughs> me too. When you get to the heart of it, what what do you think this movie is about? If if you had to sum it up, hmm. it's sort of like about a guy. It's sort of like a coming of age story almost about like a a teenage boy who doesn't really put that much effort into anything in his life, even though he like could be something special. Like he's like really smart, but he doesn't try that hard in school, and there's nothing he's really that passionate about. But then once he like gets thrown into this superhero life he has to like start working hard and i don't know (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah no that that's good that's good to me it's almost the same as how to train your dragon in that what i really love about that movie is the 
the parent-child dynamic. Uh, and we have that same sort of thing going on here. But you're going to say Spider-Man is like toothless. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> I was like, what? No. But, well, that's uh, a fan theory. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it's just, just the parent-child, and, and specifically Miles trying to relate to his dad, who's, you know, his dad is a cop, and he's straight-laced, and 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 he embarrasses Miles to no end in one of the, you know, right in the beginning of the movie where he's, He's, uh, you know, talking out loud in front of the entire school, you know, getting Miles to say he loves him. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, cringe, you know. <laughs> and you just feel for him because because you can feel the embarrassment of Miles. But you can also feel, you know, his dad, just he really wants them to, to be together. He just doesn't quite know how to how to do it. <laughs> or he goes about it in, in embarrassing ways. And then Miles, all through the movie, he's looking for some kind of a parental figure, you know, because he goes to his uncle Aaron, and he, he really, he really likes his uncle Aaron. But his dad is down on Uncle Aaron because they had a falling out, and and then there's the whole, you know, he meets Peter Parker or Peter B. Parker, who kind of becomes a sort of a surrogate dad, teaching him the ropes of being Spider-Man. And so I just really like that family dynamic. And while we're on the family dynamic, the villain of this movie. Kingpin. Yeah. What did you think of this villain? Is he a good villain? He just kind of throws temper tantrums sometimes. Like, like when he wants to, like, beat someone up or, like, like take them out, like, he just, like, does a little punch thing and then they're gone. <laughs> yeah. He's like a... Wah! Yeah. Well, I mean, he's big, he's imposing. It's like when a toddler, like, throws their arms out and then just, like, slams them down. That's just how he fights. <laughs> mm -hmm. And again, with the animation, you can get away with what would look super silly in real life. I mean, Kingpin in this movie is the size of about, I don't know, five or six people. <laughs> I mean, his, his head is way down in the middle of his, his chest. His head is like lower than his shoulder. Yeah, it almost looks like he has no sh no neck. I mean, it, it's it's weird to describe when you see it, you'd see, but, but he's just a physically imposing person. But at the same time, the whole crux of this movie is, again, it revolves around family. It's Kingpin trying to get his family back. You know, that's why he built this big super collider to to try to pull other, like his wife and his kid from a different reality into his reality. And to me, as a villain, that, you know, I mean, not, <laughs> to me as a villain, I'm a villain. Um, yeah. but, to me, as but a villain. But to me, that is something that's relatable. I mean, I... Oh, you've tried to pull us out of alternate realities? Well, what? no, but I mean, it, it's sort of the effect... It's, How do you know we aren't from it's an alternate? It's sort of like, you know, what would you do to keep your family together? Or what lengths would you go to? Well, I hope you and, wouldn't go to that length. Well, no, no. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, is that, is that, is that you know, that, that's what we're seeing Kingpin doing. And that's why we he's considered a villain, because he's... If you have to go the length of hurting other people to get something you want back, I don't think it's worth it. Right, right. And, you know, and that's why Spider-Man or Spider-People are, are trying to stop him. But I think that that the whole idea of this, is, it, it's very relatable, right? Like, you know what losing a family member feels like. So you can you can kind of see where Kingpin is coming from. And that's kind of what I was... One of the things that disappointed me, uh, like last week when we were talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, where the villain was the, um, what was he called, Evan? The, the was it high? The, oh, the high something. High something or other. Yeah, 
he's changing planets and he's you know doing all these I weird experiments. I kept thinking he was gonna like get a backstory or something. Yeah, <laughs> like a reason I mean, that he's doing this. And so, I mean, it, to me, whatever he was doing was totally unrelatable, and I didn't really care. You know, what, you, you, mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying? The the kingpin story is so personal and so again because it involves family you can you can kind of see where he's coming from and you get the feeling that yeah he's losing his family he's going to these extreme lengths which is not good but but yeah that you know that's what makes him bad and so he's a more relatable villain i that's not quite the word i want but it, do you see what i'm saying yeah yeah i just think he's a better villain all around do you think the spot is going to be a good villain in the sequel Oh, yeah, The Spot. I really don't know anything about The Spot. <laughs> I don't know his backstory, but I do know like what his powers are, which is just the powers to make portals. I don't know how powerful that can be, but I'm sure it must be pretty important if all the Spider-Men have to come together to fix it. Yeah, I don't know. Do, do you think he is the real villain, or is that just a misdirect? I think that he's somehow becomes really powerful and then Miles wants to stop him by himself, but all the spider people want to fight him together. I guess we'll see. If my prediction is right, you all owe me something. Another thing I like about this movie is just the writing in general and that it it really develops these characters. Like at the end of the movie, we really know who Miles is. We know who his dad is. We know who Gwen is. We know who Peter B. Parker is. You have a strong sense of of most of all these people. A little less so with with a few of the other, you know, like Spider Man Noir or Penny Parker, Peter Parker. We only get them a little, but I think they're more side characters. And they, why are, you, why are you just like making <laughs> nodding motions? I'm agreeing. She's agreeing. With that. Agreeing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, I've just been looking at one like Groovin making nodding motions. But I think you know, when, when you rewatch this movie, you just see how there, there's so many little details in this movie, like like all the background info. You know, when the movie starts and Miles is just walking down the street, you're seeing you're seeing TVs in the background that are showing newscasts of Spider-Man, uh, you know, fighting villains or or or. Um, or mysterious earthquakes downtown, you know, all these things that are indicating what's actually going on. And you see, you hear radio stories. It's just really cool, all these little things. Mm. And the whole Uncle Aaron bit. Now, again, uh, you know, this movie's been out for a number of years, so we're, if you haven't seen it, we're going to go into spoilers. So <laughs> if we haven't spoiled Mm-mm. things already. But Uncle Aaron, you know, Miles' cool uncle, you know, the first time I watched this, when it was revealed that he was Prowler, I was like, oh, my God, he's Prowler. I mean, that was, that was just so cool and, and you know, so... Cool? Well, I mean, it was gut-wrenching. <laughs> that was sick, man. Yeah, I mean, it was it was gut-wrenching because you're like, oh, my God, you know, Miles looks up to him. But, again, upon rewatch, you see all these telltale signs about, you know, that are just pointing to this. Like, for example, right at the beginning of the movie, you know, Miles' dad says that, he made the wrong choices and and you can see that he's super strong and he and things like he happens to know the perfect spot for graffiti and that spot for graffiti is almost right next to where all these bad things are going down you know so <laughs> where this collider is being made so it's you can kind of see all these things that that were leading to that reveal and you know if we put it together like oh yeah 
so I like that when when the writers are very conscious of what's going on. They they're putting little things in the background like that. So do you have a favorite of of the various spider people in this movie? Do you have a favorite? I like I like Gwen. Mm, I think my favorite is the one with the robot. That's like from an anime. Penny Parker. Yeah. So yeah, Penny Parker's from the future. She has a psychic link with a spider, and she operates her father's kind of a mech suit robot. Yeah, I tried looking up the comics for that once, and they're very different than how the movie is. You know, one of the things about live action versus comics, you know, when when people have tried to adapt an anime into live action, it tends to not really work. That's why they shouldn't adapt My Hero Academia into live action. (laughs) Such a bad idea. Yeah. So so again that's what's cool about about this being a an animated movie is that even though some of the characters look realistic you can throw in an anime character and they act like an anime character and it doesn't pull you out of the movie because they're all animated. Gwen, Gwen Stacy, yeah. She almost seems like the most put together spider person. Yeah. She seems like she's in her prime. You know, Miles is just starting to learn how to be Spider-Man. You know, he gets teamed up with Peter B. Parker, who's 22 years on, and he, they keep pointing out that he's got a gut and he's wearing sweatpants, and he's he's just living a sad, lonely life. And sure, he can still do all the Spider-Man stuff, but he's he's not as agile and nimble and as uh, as Gwen is. And so, to me, Gwen is like the in this movie, she's sort of the ultimate Spider person. I think Peter Parker is in his prime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's, like, the noir one? Spider-Man noir. Didn't he get, like, his own movie? Well, yeah, that was one of my pop culture references, is that they're, they're thinking about making a a uh, a version. I th- was it live action now? I think it was a live action movie. Yeah, I think. Oh. Yeah, a Spider-Man noir. Yeah, he was Not voiced by idea. Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Another thing, too, about this movie is that the humor in it is so much fun. I think my favorite scene in the whole movie is when he's walking through his high school on the day after he gets his powers. And it's just a montage of him doing completely embarrassing things like high schoolers. It's like their worst nightmare to have happen in high school. Mm -mm. And like the internal monologue is like so accurate to how people actually think. (laughs) They're looking at me. They're all looking at me. Why is she so tall? They're looking at me. (laughs) Just, yeah, stuff like that. This is great. Well, she's really tall. She's really tall. You know, like when they're when they're raiding the uh, the lab where Doc Ock works, and Miles asks, you know, Peter, what he's going to do? Well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to break in. I'm going to, going to grab the computer. I'm going to get the pass key. I'm going to steal a bagel. <laughs> you know, and then, and then you know, when they are escaping, they, they go through the lunchroom, and he grabs grabs a bagel, <laughs> and one of the people sitting in the cafeteria, you know, yells out, "He's got a bagel!" And it's just like, what? Why? <laughs> Oh, it's just I think so it's a common funny. Spider-Man thing to steal bagels. Yeah, yeah. I hope the next one is this funny. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just got so much great humor, and it's not really humor at the expense of someone. You know, it's not like they're putting people down. I guess you know that happens a little with with Peter B. Parker, where people keep saying he's got a gut and wearing sweatpants, but that's about it. You know, other than that, it's just it's funny. You know, Peter Porker, like we've talked about, or Spider Ham. Because he's a Looney Tune, he has just weird gadgets. Like he can pull out a mallet that's ten times bigger than him and swing it around like it's nothing. (laughs) 
because that's what they do in Looney Tunes. And yeah. it's just bizarre and weird and, and funny. I like how in his comics, he was a spider bitten by a radioactive pig. <laughs> no. So wait, he turned into a pig? Yeah. He was in the comics, at least. I don't think that's what happened in the movie. But yeah, he was he was a pig, or he was a spider. And then his like girlfriend, May or something, turned radioactive and bit him. Why was his started, girlfriend a pig? I don't know. And then she started thinking that she was his aunt, and he became a pig. That's really specific. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't think that's completely correct. That's just what I remember. Spider-Man in the 1990s was weird. Or 80s, I don't even know. So, are there any things in this movie that didn't make sense to you, or think could be fixed, or...? Mm, probably not. I wrote down two things... Oh, whoa. Whoa, yeah, I know. The first one is that when Miles first meets Peter B. Parker, and he, he zaps him, right, so he knocks him out, and then the cops are coming. It, he shoots his web, and it attaches to a train, and there's this whole train scene where they're going through the town being dragged along. And I just kind of felt that that was a little over the top. Like, you know, anyone, even Spider-Man, I think would have probably died several times over being dragged across the road and... <laughs> It's just, it just felt really out of place to me watching it. He didn't again. even have many bruises. Right, yeah. And being smacked into pipes and cars and, and I don't know, it just, it was very odd. That would be a scary roller coaster. Yeah. And then one other thing I was thinking is near the end of the movie when they're, you know, they're all the spider people are heading toward the collider, right? And there's that, they're hosting this this gala for Spider-Man, right, in memory of the Spider-Man from this universe, Peter Parker, who has died. But it was it was being hosted by by Kingpin. And I kept thinking, why why would anyone go to a gala? A gala? A gala. Gala, <laughs> gala, tomato, tomato. It's Pride Month, you can say gala. Uh, gala. But what, why would you go to this big dinner honoring Spider-Man and the main person there is kingpin a supervillain i mean did everybody know that kingpin was the one who well i don't know that's the thing i mean it, it seems like in this movie it doesn't seem like he has that bad of a public reputation oh maybe that could be an explanation for it because he has like a big office building it just seems like your average rich guy hmm okay and i think to me it just seems like people would know that that he's a villain uh, maybe maybe that's maybe that's what explains it. He uses money to cover up all his crimes. <laughs> that could be. <laughs> How do we know Elon Musk isn't getting beaten up by Spider Man? We don't. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Would you go to a gala hosted by Elon Musk? Probably. I don't think I'd go. I would. One thing that I really like about this movie is how Miles like you can tell, not just from the movie, that Miles is progressing. You can tell because of, like, music and animation. Mm. Because, like, at the start when Miles is doing a bunch of Spider-Man things, instead of going at, like, the 48 frames per second that the movie goes at regularly, he only goes at 24. So all the Spider-Men are You've just, watched videos of this, huh? Are just moving two <laughs> times faster than him for a while in terms of frame rate. And then as he 
takes that jump from the building. Then his frame rate finally just starts to speed up to show that he's progressed. And not only that, there's also like a progressive theme that is played the entire time. And like that theme started out like soft and small and then it progressively grows. So there's like a bunch of ways to tell that he's progressing. That scene is so iconic when he jumps off the tall building. Off the building, yeah, oh god, it's just... And it's like, hey, what's up, danger? Yeah, it's just breathtaking. It's a leap of faith. You can tell that it's a leap of faith because he was still holding onto the glass. And the glass breaks as he comes out. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. why why it shattered. Because he was holding onto it with his... He'd have to, like, pay for that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, not if they didn't know. Like, my brain is split every time I watch that. Like, one half's like, oh, that's so cool. And the other's like... How is he going to pay for that? <laughs> yeah, that is really high up. Like, he doesn't own there's that building. That, there's not going to be much air in that building. Yeah, the music and the soundtrack for this is is just great. The Both the, the score, which is frenetic sometimes. You know, it's very driving and beat-oriented. And then, and then just the music in it, kind of the hip-hop. It's is not the music that I would normally listen to, but it's it's just absolutely perfect for this movie. Yeah, I agree. Okay, well, our final thoughts then. Uh, rating one through ten. What do you what do you two think? I'd give it a nine point five out of ten. I'll give it a nine point five out of ten too. I am actually going to give this a ten out of ten for mm. even though there were two things you thought were wrong. <laughs> well, I oh, had to. Dad. I had, um, you know, I had to write something down. I just, I wish that we had gotten to know Miles' roommate a bit better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you know, guy. I was thinking about that, but then I thought, you know, that would just be another character that we're trying to get to know, and to me, it's not really about. Honestly, Miles. I feel like it's kind of funnier when he's just the random roommate. It's <laughs> <laughs> just, just there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was wondering if he's going to be more of a part of the second movie. I don't think so. It just seems like immediately in the first movie. I like that one of his goals movie. was like, oh, I finally said hi to my new roommate, like two-thirds mm-hmm. of the way through the movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, then, in the very, one of some of the last scenes in the movie is, is kind of Miles introducing himself to his roommate as Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm going to give this movie 10 out of 10. I... I I, when I saw this in the theater, I was just so blown away. It just instantly shot up to one of my favorite movies of all time. I could just watch this movie again and again. It's just so good. All right. Well, with that out of the way, let's move on to... Fortune, fortune cookies. cookies. My fortune this week is... Rest has a peaceful effect on your physical and emotional health. Oh. Sounds like Baymax is talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> I have an unexpected relationship will become permanent. Ooh. Wow. Um, mine works well with this movie. Don't let your limitations overshadow your talents. Oh, nice. Good for you, Evan. Good for me. All right, that wraps up another episode of Lunchbox Reaction. Thank you so much for listening. We enjoy all the downloads we get. Drop us a line if you want. You can find us on the web at lunchboxreaction.net. You can leave a comment there, or you can email us, lunchboxreaction at gmail.com. My name is Brian. My name is Linnea. And I'm Evan. And we'll see you all next week at the lunch table. table.